It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. I don't know if you knew in advance that you were coming for that one this morning. Um, it's always a, a slightly uncomfortable passage when read in one of the richer parts of the world, isn't it? Uh, and I guess it's probably intended to be. Um, but let me ask you as we, we, we begin our reflections for a moment or two, can you remember the last time someone gave you a present of some sort? If I said to you, what was the last gift you, you received and, and needed to unwrap? Um, I wonder if it comes to mind. It may be Christmas, I guess, for, for some of us. Others would have had birthdays earlier on in the year. Um, some may have just had something turn up unexpected. Who knows at some point? And I wonder what you're like when it comes to presents. Are you one of those who's very polite? You know, carefully peel the sellotape away. Maybe we can reuse the paper later on in the year. Uh, or are you like just, you can't hold yourself back and just ripping the paper off? Uh, near the beginning of our passage today, um, it tells us that we need to receive the kingdom of God like children, doesn't it? And so the first question we need to ask ourselves is, well, what does it mean to receive God's kingdom like a child? What is it about children that Jesus wants us to be like? I um, should say, Straight up, it's not that they're innocent. You know, to believe that children are innocent, you need never to have been a parent, as well as uh, never to have read the Bible. It isn't to say I don't love my children, let me assure you, I'm right from the offset, even though they're not here this morning. But there are a couple of things that children do very naturally, and which adults often find much harder. These two things are, are not unrelated. One is that children come with empty hands. I will say a bit more about that in a moment. The other is that children know how to receive gifts. They know what to do when they are given a present. Let's think about the empty hands, first of all. Um, what I mean by that is that children need help from other people, don't they? It is one of the most basic things about being a child, most obviously from their parents, a little bit later on from their teachers, uh, from all kinds of responsible adults in different sorts of settings. And the younger the child, the more help they need. Maybe some of you have got babies in your family, um, whether that's children, grandchildren, um, whatever it might be. Or maybe you just think back to, um, to when your children were babies. Uh, their needs are pretty, pretty straightforward, really, aren't they? We can, we can almost list what a baby needs on the fingers of one hand, pretty much. Clean nappy, bath, somewhere warm, food, milk, and a hug. I mean, that's about the size of it, isn't it, when you're, when you're a baby? As you get a bit bigger, those needs start to get a little bit more complicated. But if you think of a baby that you know, if I ask you, which of those things can that baby provide for themselves? The answer, of course, is absolutely none of them, isn't it? They are completely dependent. They come to their parents, as it were, with empty hands. Um, they can only receive. They don't have anything to offer uh, on the way in. And uh, when the baby is, you know, whether it's hungry, cold, tired, needs a change, whatever it might be, what do they do? They make a noise, don't they? They let their parents know. And that noise, one way or another, means help me. And it's amazing, isn't it, how parents seem to be able to quickly begin to work out what different cries mean uh, within those range of a few things. Um, but all of them, in one way or another, seem to mean, I can't do it for myself. There is something that I need. A baby has nothing to offer. Um, cannot help, has empty hands. If you were here last week, and if you just glance back a few verses, a bit like the tax collector in verse 13. 
who, if you remember, just prayed, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Nothing to offer, just asking for help. Well, if you like that, if you like that child, then everything comes as a gift. Uh, the baby doesn't say to, to their mum or dad, uh, you know, can I pay you for all the work you do? Can I, what can I do in return? You know, for all those night shifts where you had to get up at three o'clock, having been up already twice since you went to bed, for all that baby food, for all those nappies, whatever it is. And a bit later on, when children are at school, you know, they're not offering to pay rent, are they? Or to leave a tip at the breakfast table when they've had their cornflakes? No. What about you? When you receive a birthday present, uh, how do you receive it? Are you sometimes embarrassed to receive it? Um, as adults, we, we are sometimes a bit uncomfortable, aren't we, uh, when people give us gifts? Sometimes we're thinking, did I give him a gift? You know, do I need to give her something back in return? It becomes a bit transactional if we're not careful, doesn't it? Children are not like that at all, are they? Look at the reaction of a child when you know, a £10 note drops out of a birthday card. In my experience, children aren't that interested in the cards. When it comes to a birthday party, the bit which everyone wants to do is open the presents. You open the cards, almost as a matter of course, quick check, you know, it's addressed to you, who's it from, and move on. But as soon as some money drops out, there's kind of like a, yes! That means I've got £45. It's amazing how good children become at maths, isn't it? When they've suddenly got money to add up together. Truly I tell you, Jesus says, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Not just like a child, like a little child. Jesus calls his children in various other places. His, uh, calls his disciples in various other places little children. The only way to enter his kingdom and to experience his love, to find life in all its fullness is to become like a little child. To come with empty hands and to be ready to receive his gift. I wonder who is the hardest person in your family to buy a present for? Maybe someone um, springs straight to mind. I'm not going to take a straw poll, but this, I mean, this may be sexist, but my guess is it might be a bloke. Uh, because on the whole, in many families, it seems that the people that no one knows what to get for are, you know, the brothers, the dads, the uncles, um, people like that. There are only so many ties and, you know, book tokens, jumpers you can buy, uh, socks. What do you do after that? Uh, but actually, grown-ups in general are, are often harder to buy for than children, aren't they? Uh, with children, there's no way you can get down the whole of the Christmas list or the birthday list. You've got plenty to choose from. But if I could think of one good idea for my dad on his birthday, I'd be really happy. So the first thing in our passage is that we need to receive the kingdom of God like children. Then this second part of it, the longer part, Jesus' message is summed up in that verse which says, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. So Jesus welcomes these children, and he does welcome them. Even when his disciples try to stop them coming, he welcomes them. But then he meets this man. What is this man like? Well, we're told in the passage um, he's wealthy, verse 23. He's important. He's a ruler, verse 18. He's a good man. He keeps the commandments, verse 21. 
But when he comes to Jesus and asks, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Which is the same question as, what must I do to enter the kingdom of God? Jesus uses those terms pretty much interchangeably in the Gospels. He isn't ready for what Jesus has to say to him. Um, He's a man, isn't he, who can look after himself. As I said, he's got plenty of wealth, and he's important, he's influential. He's presumably got a good job, he's got friends, you know, he's got social status. There isn't much that he needs. He's a man who does his best to live a good life. He's read the Bible clearly, and he does his best to stick to what it says. You would like him, to be honest. He's not a bad guy. He'd fit in very well at St. Luke's. You know, if he came to St. Luke's, he'd probably end up leading a home group, might volunteer to be on the PCC, he'd probably be the person setting up the coffee and tea, ready for the service on a Sunday morning. But his hands are full, and so he doesn't know how to receive a gift. It's a very simple message, really, from Jesus. The more stuff that someone has, the harder it is to let go of it. Now, that's true of material stuff. And in some ways, that's obvious, isn't it? The more money we've got, you know, the bigger the house, the better the car, the nicer the holiday, the less we want to swap what we've got for something else, to swap our old life for a new one. For someone like this man, life is all right on the whole. Thank you for asking. He comes to Jesus with his hands full of stuff. Not just the wealth and the material things, though, which he's got. It's also his good works that he kind of carries around with him. He says to Jesus, doesn't he, I've kept all these commandments since I was a boy. Um, He does the right thing. He gives to charity. He's bringing stuff. He's not ready to receive stuff. Look, Lord, he's saying, this is who I am. Is it enough? Is it enough? And Jesus says to him, no, no, the kingdom of God is free. None of that stuff is going to get you eternal life. Here's what you need to do. Go away and get rid of all of that, and I will give you what you need. Free. It's a free gift. It's how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Now, I should say that this is not a rule that Christians shouldn't own anything. But it is a reminder. The more that we have in the kingdom of the earth, the harder it is to live for the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. We need to receive the kingdom of God like children, which means we need to come with open hands. Here is a man who is clinging tightly onto everything he's got, grasping hold of it, not wanting to let it go. Not just his money, but you know his morals, his sense of being good, of having done all right, All these I have kept. He doesn't really think he needs God's help. But anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. So Jesus has some some serious warnings for a man like this. It's worth noticing the reactions, finally, that happen when Jesus says these things. When the man heard Jesus, verse 23, he became sad because he was very wealthy. In uh, Matthew and Mark's accounts of this same story, um, they say he went away sad. I wonder, what would you do if you were Jesus in that situation? Now, this man's come to you. Um, he's told you uh, all about himself. He's asked, how, you know, how may I inherit eternal life? You've given him the answer, and he becomes sad and, and starts to leave. What would you do? I would want to call him back. You know, I'd want to kind of put an arm around him, reassure him, say, it's all right, you know, you're welcome. 
I'm sure um, it's going to be fine. You just try your best. Jesus loves you. Jesus does love him. Again, in Mark's account of this passage, it specifically says that Jesus looked at him and loved him. And so, Jesus doesn't lie to him. Quite striking, isn't it? When someone wants things in this world more than Jesus' kingdom, Jesus would rather they went away sad with something difficult to think about than that they were sort of patted on the back and falsely reassured that they don't need to bother thinking about this hard stuff. It's a reminder there for Christians that it's not for us to change the gospel to make people feel more comfortable. The gospel is often uncomfortable. Jesus doesn't call us to just remain as we are. He calls us to come and follow him and be radically changed and receive something better than we had without him. Much better. Jesus is not scared of the man's sadness. For those of us who are Christians, there's perhaps a reminder there uh, that sometimes we will find that people don't like what Jesus says. And we need not to be afraid of that. We always need to ask ourselves, is it that I've been offensive? Or is it that something Jesus said has offended them? If it's the first one, we need to do something about it. But if it's the second, well, that's what sometimes happens. And Jesus is not scared of that. Uh, He says, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. And then those famous words, indeed, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. We've heard it so many times before, it kind of blunts the image. But it's a great picture, isn't it? Than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Um, In a country that we live in, like Britain, I think it's important that we don't try and blunt the force of a powerful image like that, uh, of what Jesus says here, and and spiritualize it too quickly or something like that. Um, Wealth is just as powerful as a false god today as it was 2,000 years ago in the time of Jesus. We live in a wealthy part of the world by any reasonable measure, don't we? Um, As people who have food in our fridge, um, what's what's the stat and clothes in our wardrobes and a roof over our head, That puts us in the top, whatever percentage it is, of of people in terms of wealth in the world today and in human history. Easy to forget that. Now, of course, some of us (coughs) are wealthier than others. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, And uh, there will be people in the the church family who are facing real financial struggles, and I know that. Um, But the basic point is that this is a place where, where many people, materially at least, have everything that they need. Um, Wealth and status uh, and support. We're in church as well, aren't we? So we're religious. It's it's easy to see how much a passage like this can challenge us, isn't it? It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of an eel than for someone rich to enter the kingdom of God. Now, I can't tell, happily, um, who is who sitting in here? Who might be struggling in the eye of an eel this morning? Um, It's Jesus who looks into our hearts, isn't it? Jesus who sees where our security might be in something other than in him. Whether it's about, you know, our money or our job or our popularity or our success or whatever it might be. Jesus knows and he says to those of us who are stuck, get rid of that. You can't take it with you. Uh, It's like trying to take liquids in your hand luggage when you go on a plane. You can't go through, can you? If you've got something bigger, they've changed the size. You can have a bit more than 100 milliliters now, can't you? But if you've got the wrong thing, they won't let you on. It's as simple as that. You've got to leave them behind. Jesus says, you need to come like a child. In other words, carrying nothing. 
and I will give you treasure. Follow me and you will enter the kingdom of God. Is there anyone here this morning who is finding it hard to come to Jesus because we're trying to drag some treasure through the eye of a needle and we need to let it go? So the man goes away sad. Lastly, the disciples are incredulous, aren't they? Verse 26, they say, well, who then can be saved? If this is the case, Jesus, then we're all stuffed. And Jesus says, what's impossible with man is possible with God. Remember, that's been his whole point. It's a gift. All these things we hold on to tightly, our wealth, our popularity, our success, our relationships, we can't let go of them except with God's help. What is impossible with man is possible with God. It brings us right back to where we started, thinking about presence. Even our ability to accept that what Jesus offers us is a possibility because it's made possible by him changing our hearts from the inside out. The great thing is, Jesus isn't finished. Verse 29, he continues, Truly I tell you, no one who has left stuff behind, left brothers or sisters, parents or children, for the sake of the kingdom of God, he says, will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come, eternal life. In other words, he's saying, whatever it is that, that you find so hard to leave behind, I'm not calling you to some kind of you know, monochrome, you know, flat, um, half-life, dismal life, an eternity of struggle. He's not saying, leave all the fun stuff behind. Come with me. I've got a different way to follow. Now, we know that the Christian life can sometimes be, be hard, and Jesus doesn't walk an easy route. But he also says it's going to be even better, better than you can imagine. You will receive many times as much in this age and eternal life on top of it all. So once again, it won't be the first time for most of us here this morning. Jesus' invitation is to receive the kingdom of God like a child. He says, I have a gift to give you, a gift that is treasure, treasure in heaven. And as we look at verses 29 and 30, what he is offering is way better than anything else that we have already. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the God who welcomes children. That you are the God who looked on that man with compassion. That you are the God of free gifts. Help us to see the things that we would hold on to so tightly that it makes it hard for us to receive what you would want to give us. In your name we pray. Amen.